Hey everybody, this is Mike Campbell, better known to some as I Know Mike, and also best friend of your host of Caddy Chat, Wrestling Talk Podcast, Johnny Cadillac. This week's episode features a very special guest, the man who has been my arch frenemy for years, Brian Knapp. Despite being my frenemy, Brian is a pretty cool dude with attitude that I've had the pleasure of knowing for several years now. We've even recently had casual discussions about making a run for some tag team gold together. But that's yet to be decided, because, you know, frenemies and all. But anyways, I have a feeling that this episode is going to be an all-around blast of a conversation between these guys that's sure to be filled with some quality entertainment. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast with your host, Johnny Cadillac, and his guest, Brian Knapp. It's time! Are you ready? The greatest of all time. It's time. Are you ready? Let's go. Guess who's back? It's Johnny Cadillac. Guess who's back? It's Johnny Cadillac. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Are you ready? Let's start the show. So I must say, I'm not, I'm not used to hearing that full version, uh, but nevertheless... There's a reason why I wanted to play the full version of the Johnny Cadillac theme. And that, of course, is because this week's guest of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast, welcome, by the way, is the songwriter, producer, performer, editor, mixer, recording engineer, and one-man band of the Johnny Cadillac theme, my friend Brian Knapp. Brian, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing great, John. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. It's a long time coming, but as you alluded to on your podcast, I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast. You have been on more episodes of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast than anyone other than myself for the simple fact that you're the mastermind behind my theme song. That is correct. <laughs> so it's a... Uh, great fun fact for you. No, that's, that's the thing. You know, I, I try to share love to other podcasts and give them shout outs when I can. Um, and the two ones that seems like I talk about the most is cruising with kayfabe with my friends, Mongo and Emily, who, uh, just all things wrestling and Jericho cruise related good podcasts. I always recommend. And I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast. I give you your podcast some love from time to time. And, uh, well, I mean, I think you should because you also are the top guest on my podcast. I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast because you have been on the show three times. That's true. Two as a proper guest and one as a very special episode. The only other voice besides mine and, of course, yours 
that your podcast has heard is some bees. That's true. I think that is actually factually correct. While I am the top Brian of this podcast. Sorry, Brian Blade. (laughs) I do want to give a shout out to your son, Josiah Knapp, though, because fun fact, he actually technically now has been a part of one of your podcast episodes, too. Well, there's... He's made another appearance. The very first time I came on to your podcast, he came in to see what was going on, and you kind of stopped to talk to him. I was like, you editing that out? And you're like, nope. We're right. having That's... it all in there. But we couldn't really hear him say anything there. But on this crazy episode that you, uh, I think, still most recently put out of your podcast, he actually contributed for one of the theme songs. That is correct. He uh, he was on the John Cena theme song, Go Green Machine. That's right. And he actually sings like the main part. And we're going to get to uh, that crazy episode and tournament. I want to talk all about that here. But let's talk more. I try to give you a shout out when I can um, with the origin story of the Johnny Cadillac theme. And I kind of want to, you know, have another voice talking about that's not my own because ultimately I was asked one night, uh, we had a DJ working an MWA show and he, he turned to me and he's like, Hey, what was the song that we used for you at the last Lincoln show? Was it like an ACDC song? I said, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. And he's like, well, I kind of want to keep it consistent. And I said, I don't know what you used, but I could, I can come up, I can have, a theme song made and uh he said okay and then i contacted you and said hey i need a johnny cadillac theme song and uh i guess let, let's hear things from the other side of this conversation what was what was going on with your end of the story and your thought process and everything that kind of went into the johnny cadillac theme yeah so uh i believe it was like some Sunday morning at church or something. You came up to me probably at lunch or whatever and told me like, Hey, so I was asked to get a theme song and I don't really have one. Could you make me one or something like that? It was, it was some, something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'll think about it. I'll see what I can come up with. And, um, you know, I do, uh, like guitar at church and stuff yeah. and, you know, sing and whatnot. So, I thought about it for a bit and at first I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't really know exactly where to go with the John, Johnny Cadillac theme song. Um, and then I was kind of like, I don't know, a week or two later, I was probably just hanging around the house and that like, guess who's back? It's Johnny Cadillac kind of thing started to happen in my head. Um, and the, also a bit of the like, Dun, 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 it's time, are you ready? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Those started percolating in my brain a little bit. And I think at some point you kind of, I don't know, within a couple of weeks, asked me like, hey, Brian, um, do you have the theme song? How far, you know, like, have you come up with anything? Right. I think I, I think I told you something like, I have it mostly done in my head. I just have to sit down and record it. Which was basically true, because like the way that some of the songwriting happens is I'll have some of the hooks or melodies or lyrics or ideas kind of like float around in my head for a while, and then 
I'll finally like sit down and record and edit and kind of do most of the production on it in a relatively short period of time. Um, so that's kind of how that started to come together. And then um, as I recorded it, as it sort of, uh, as it sort of kind of started getting the pieces put together, getting like the guitar riff in there, laying it together and stuff. I got it to a done point and then I kind of went, wait a second. Um, I've watched wrestling since I was a kid. Um, and I've heard tons of theme songs and they're all fantastic. But what I, what you, you don't think about necessarily is how long is a theme song? Like That's for true. example, how long is Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song? I actually don't know. I know that the Undertaker's theme song it ranges from anywhere from like five minutes to three hours, depending <laughs> on how fancy his entrance is. Um, so what I ended up doing, and if you look up the Johnny Cadillac theme song on YouTube, you can actually find this. Is I I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go and find a bunch of different entrances, like real entrances from wrestlers yeah because what i wanted to do is i wanted to get a timing for how long does it take for the wrestler to come out from behind the curtain their music hits and for them to walk down to the ring do their little song and dance you know talk you know something to the crowd whatever how long is that actually turns out it's about a minute roughly um, Sure. and i found this video uh, of during the Attitude Era, so this was like peak pro wrestling, where Triple H and his now wife Stephanie McMahon are walking out to Triple H's theme song, and it was about a minute, something like that. And I liked the timing on it because it what it didn't drag on too much. Because I also was thinking about how you were going to use this in your real life you know, wrestling announcing with MWA. Yeah. So I was like, okay, John doesn't get the undertaker entrance with like five minutes. You know, he's got probably a fairly straightforward 30 seconds to a minute entrance. And there's not as much of a ramp to walk down and all yeah. of those kind of things. So I was like, okay, it should be that kind of succinct. So I went ahead and used that as the basis for this. And then I was like, I don't know how it will feel. Cause that's the other thing is when you make, uh, you know, when you make a piece of music that's just abstract, but then you're putting it onto a piece of production like a video, right, or an entrance, you want to know what it sounds like in the context of that. So I then took the Triple H entrance video, ripped his music off because who wants that, <laughs> and then uh, put the Johnny Cadillac theme song in there to see how it would line up. And it actually lined up pretty good, which sort of makes sense because Triple H is like time to play the game kind of thing versus like, guess who's back? It's just, like there's a similar beat or a similar oh, yeah. heaviness to it. It wasn't intentional that way. It just kind of worked out. And so I put that on there and then I'm like, you know, just for fun to mess with John, I'm going to cut out a picture of his face and then I'm going to put it over top of Triple H's face in a very like south park cartoonish kind of way right where your head tries to like follow his body along the way just because i thought it was funny um and so that so then i think i sent that to you and so that not just that you would have the notion of like is this a cool song that i want to walk out to but so like the best approximation in a vaguely ridiculous way of like 
what will this actually feel like to walk out to? What would this feel like as a wrestler entrance in context, not just as a song that you're listening to? So that's how that ended up happening. And then I sent that off to you and I was like, hey, John, what do you think? And you were like, I love it. That's, yeah. that's my new theme song. That's perfect. That's exactly what I want. Well, like, and, and you kind of brought it to me too. You're like, you know, I'm willing to make any changes. And I think you called my roommate and we had to like watch it on his computer or something. I want to say you got a hold of him first. And, uh, but either way, shout and, out to your roommate who is one of my favorite musicians in the world who can just pick up like he plays violin yeah. and uh he can he has this amazing ability where I can play something on guitar he'll just hear it and then he'll play like the exact right part and I'm just like that's basically magic to me. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Anyways, continue. And it was his idea. He he brought it up from the get-go. He's like, "You know who you need to have on your podcast?" He's not really a wrestling fan either. He's like, "You need to have Brian on your podcast. When are you going to have Brian on your podcast? You need to have him on there." So he was like not that it wasn't an idea of mine already, but he really was putting that bug in my ear. And, uh, but yeah, and so he, he actually took a listen to it before I did. And he goes, oh my goodness, this is great. John's going to love it. Or Johnny Cadillac's going to love it. And, yeah. uh, and then so he brings me in and he, he wants to give me a full effect because he's got his headphones hooked up to his computer. And he goes, all right, you're wearing the headphones and, uh, this is the first time I heard the song, and but I was talking to you prior to seeing it. And you're like, I'm willing to make any changes where needed. Let me know if you want me to make any tweaks. If you want me to do it over all over, uh, from scratch, whatever you need. Like you were really easy going with it, and then I, I listened to it, and I think the only issue I had was like you, there was like a misspelling or something. I think you might have misspelled Cadillac. And like the nameplate or something, but the song itself, oh, I was yeah. like, I think I did. Yeah, because Cadillac's surprisingly tricky to spell because it's like, it's like one L or maybe it's two L's. It's two it's L's. Like, it's like two L's, but it's like one I. <laughs> Every time I type it, I my brain turns off, and I'm like, how do I even right. spell Cadillac? Right. Um. And so yeah, and I said, but the song itself, yeah, I love it too. Let's use it, and we did. Yeah, so the story thing is in the video in the in the Triple H entrance. There were, again, this is like back 90s peak pro wrestling, right? There were the signs that people used to hold up, right? And there was like an Austin 316 sign or something. And so I think I had swapped out one of them for like a Cadillac 316 si sign or something like that. So I think that's where that name thing was. Yeah, I just remember um, the first time I, I used that as an entrance at MWA and a lot of people <laughs> didn't know what to expect. And, uh, it was something, I can't remember if you were at that show or not. Um, I think I was at either the first or the second one that okay. you did that at. Actually, I want to say you were there for the, the I probably was there for the, the first or the premiere show of it. Um, but I mean, so you, and you knew, cause I told you it was coming and, but what was that like for you to hear? your song playing with the Johnny Cadillac entrance and you get the full effect, everybody booing me and everything. But like, I don't know. Was that, was that a cool moment for you just hearing your own thing or was it what you expected or? I mean, it was very cool. Um, I might've been the only person cheering you, but I might've uh -oh. just been cheering the song. Sure. You know, cause I mean, it's such a good song. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, it is a good song. I, but... I love it. And uh, I do get compliments on it. Like 
no joke. There's shout out to Judy Azul, the MWA women's champion. Every time I greet her before a show, you know, I go and give her a hug. And especially if there's other people around us, and especially if they aren't too familiar with working with me, she'll turn to them and she goes, this guy right here has the greatest theme song in all of MWA. (laughs) I mean, I agree with her, obviously. But, you know, if they ever need another theme song, you know, we'll get into this with the whole VCR thing. But I've kind of like... I've kind of tripped and fallen into a bit of a niche of making theme songs. There's actually a wacky story where I was working at a, like the previous company I worked for. I worked there for like six years. It was like construction software. I'm not going to use their name, but uh, there was one time that we were doing this like corporate HR training thing and they were talking about the company platform and like the software platform we're building or whatever. And I ended up coming up with this wacky theme song for this platform and then created a wacky music video, which got shown internally. Um, They didn't want to show it externally for like legal reasons. Right. But the funny part is, is that there were these like chief legal officers who were like listening to this insane theme song and watching this crazy uh, music video that I did um, going like, are we allowed to show this? Is this legally compliant and all this stuff? And so I'm like, there are some accountants and legal officers and people with fancy titles watching this nonsense <laughs> because I was like, Hey, here's this wacky thing I did. So, I mean, there is kind of like, there's a weird thing with me and theme songs that has started to happen. It's completely unintentional, but they just kind of pop out. It's, it's super weird. Right. Uh, did you do that other theme song before you did the Johnny Cadillac song? I want to say I did yours first. Okay. But, yeah, no, and I was like, I mean, did you, because you and I, we've known each other for a very long time. I think I, I yeah. met you in 2006, 2007. I remember specifically, because if I think back, I remember you were at my high school graduation party, and that was a year into, like, not even a year into our friendship, and I graduated in 07, so. Right, yeah, it would have been um, because my wife and I got married in, like, 05, and it took us about a year. Um, it was late 05, I think. So it took us about a year to find a church in town that like made sense to us. And so we ended up at your church. Well, now our church, yeah. um, you know, not quite a year later, I think the spring or early summer of that or something like okay, that. And so, so yeah. like it took, it probably wasn't until 06 sometime that we met, I think. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. So either way, we're in 2017. 2017 2023 right now so that means 17 years now that we've wow wow that just that, i we never thought about old. that until i said it just now and i'm like wow i'm 34 you've known me half my life now wow yeah wow that's actually true <laughs> and and i i just remember because i remember when i met you you were adding a new flavor to like everything with our church's worship team and then all that and like i was like oh man these these brian and Brian and Michelle people, they seem pretty cool. And, uh, um, yeah, I didn't, wow. <laughs> I just never, I knew for the first couple of years you guys were new and now you're not new. And I just never realized yeah, it's now been we're that like long. Old. So old. <laughs> but, and I mean, I'm sure I just blew your mind by saying you've known me for half my life. You like know, literally what, half my life. What's really weird is here in about here in, I don't know, a few years or whatever, um, my oldest son will be the age that you and I met. 
like the age that you are. Oh, that's true too. Isn't and that I, weird? I was thinking about that too. I mean, I still remember like it was yesterday, just like your announcement that he was born and everything else. And yeah, it was goodness. definitely not yesterday. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. But yes, here a few kids later, and yeah, your oldest son was not born yesterday. Yeah, quite. Um, but yeah, so the so the so the theme song thing happened organically and. Again, I've been a wrestling fan for a super long time and, you know, got into podcasting and some other nonsense as well. And so, like, yeah, the whole, you know, music production has kind of been like a hobby thing. I mean, kind of like a weird is a very strange extension of like the music and the worship music we do at church, um, because basically like over time, the songwriting thing, again, has happened by accident where... I would just be sitting and playing guitar by myself or whatever. And sometimes as I'm playing or whatever, I'll hear something that sounds like something where where you, you hear something and you go like, that sounds like it could be a song or is a thing. But, you know, and then like over time, that's sort of developed into like, okay, I will sit and turn, like I will write down lyrics for that thing or like figure out what comes out right. or whatever. And after doing that enough times, I've kind of gotten used to it where it's kind of like, it's like a strange magic trick that happens that I, I can't fully explain it, but I know what hap Like I know it's hap What I know what's happening when it's happening. You know, yeah. you can kind of start to feel the, the magic happening if you will, but it's not, and it, it's not something where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to go write a song. Like if you told me tomorrow, like, Oh Brian, you have to go write this song. I'd be like, I don't know what that's going to be. Right, um, and I don't even know, when I initially asked you to come up with yeah. my theme song, you're like, uh, sure, I'll do it. And I think you asked some basic questions, like, what what kind of feel are you looking for? And I said, whatever you come up with, like, I trust you, because I knew you'd be able to deliver. And that's my whole thing, though, too, is like, so we've known each other for a long time, and I've only been doing this wrestling thing in the indie scene for six years now. And so it you've known. It feels me. like it's been longer though, because I remember when you were younger. I, I used to, I was in the backyard like, before then. Yeah. And uh, and Luke did a very my roommate did a very very basic song for my theme song there, and because you know he had an amp and everything, so he just mustered something out one night, and it worked out for what it was. But then you know I moved on to better quality wrestling, so I need a better quality theme song. And it's like, well, let's uh, let's ask Brian. But like, I mean, so you've but you've known me not through my entire wrestling journey because you haven't known me my whole life, but like through where even when I was in the backyard, you knew me back then too. Did you did you really ever expect from the get go? Like, okay, if John makes it in the wrestling business, if Johnny Cadillac makes it, did you expect? My voice or my guitar playing or whatever else is going to be what everyone hears when he comes out. No, <laughs> no, that was not it. But I, if I will go on a minor tangent here go about you and your wrestling career. So pretty much for as long as I've known you is very obvious so that you're super into wrestling. Yep. And you've had this goal or this mindset or this thing where you wanted like there was always kind of a bit of like not so much. John's going to become a wrestler necessarily because you didn't see him so into the like physical competition wrestling side of things. Sure. But it didn't seem like it took long for at some point to go like, 
John seems like he has an interest in being an announcer or somehow eventually involved in some kind of, I'd say, announcering production capacity at like WWE someday. Like that'd be like, you know, you as like Jim Ross or Jerry the King Lawler or Michael Cole, Megal, um, uh, you know, some of those kind of people or even like a Justin Ross or Mean Gene Okerlund or whatever, you know, some kind of wrestling personality who's there, yeah. who's definitely a part of the show, but not necessarily Shawn Michaels or Big Show or whatever kind of thing. And I knew that you had that drive. Okay. And there's a thing that I've seen with people where when someone has, when someone has like a total commitment, a total self-belief, uh, single-mindedness of purpose, if you will, focus. You know, there's a bunch of different ways. Um, the great poet Eminem once said, uh, success is my only bleeping option, failure's not. Um, th but that mindset, when you go like, that's what I'm going to do, like that's just what I'm going to do. I feel like you kind of had that. Okay. Um, you know, and you like went off to school to get into like, media production and so on and so forth, which kind of like led you down the road to radio and all of that. Yeah. Um, so there was always a thing in the back of my mind that thought, you know, somehow Johnny Cadillac, who used to go by something else, which is clearly not your real name. <laughs> um, Johnny Cadillac is your real name. Oh, okay. Um, that you would find a way. Like, right. That part of you that has that insane self-belief that like, this is, this is what I'm here for that was going to get you there to something, right? And now you are an MWA and now you are having, you know, a real theme song, if you want to call it that, <laughs> in this podcast and all that. And it's very, I mean, we're here in like a real radio station recording your podcast on like a legit, like this is the only legit podcast I've ever been on. Not the nonsense of my show. <laughs> this feels like a real one. Well, I'm still going to give your show lots of love when I oh, can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying mine's not. I'm saying like there's a... There's a wonderfully amateur quality about what I do. Sure. And there's a wonderfully professional quality about what you're able to do. And I massively appreciate over the last 17 years seeing you go from like a boy with a dream, so to speak, to a man who's actually doing it. And, you know, like you've had, you've had real wrestlers on your show. Like yep. you're like, it's not, I mean, it's funny. 17 years ago, podcasts were a thing, but wrestling podcasts as a genre we're not really. You're right. You're absolutely right. And so right. like wrestling podcasts, I mean, there are people who make full-time livings just talking about wrestling, interviewing wrestlers. Like that's a real job. Like it's a real industry. There's, you know, potentially millions of dollars that are exchanged for advertising or whatever around radio podcasting. And so for you to go from like just a kid with a dream to being you know, at the level that you're at and like where you can potentially go, like that's really, really cool and really impressive. And I did see like, there's a long shot possibility that maybe John will figure this out somehow. Um, and it's really cool that you have. I appreciate that. Uh, you did mention one thing and I do want to segue a little bit saying those of you listening at home, if you're, if you or your business or you know somebody who would be interested in sponsoring Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. Please get in touch with me. Let me know. We're looking for any and all sponsors. So I want to do that shameless plug there real quick. We're accepting 
just get in touch with me. You know where to find me. But uh, if you or your business or somebody you know's business is, would be interested, let me know. Let's talk. Oh, man. I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast should become a sponsor. I'm not opposed. I am not opposed at all. Well, we'll have to talk rates later. All right. Sounds good. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So fun fact, um, going off of, again, the Johnny Cadillac theme song, is so... I used to produce a show for 1400KIN called Drive Time Lincoln. And, you know, normally... Fantastic show. Oh, thank you. It was was kind of a conservative news, political talk, opinion show. And I I just ran the soundboard for it. But, you know, Jack Reagan's a host at the time. We, We had a connection that eventually did kind of come over on the live airwaves, too. So he'd bring me on here and there. I'd turn my mic on here and there to add to a show. He'd bounce questions off of me. And then we kind of had enough of a dynamic that really flowed for the show for, for you know, my liking. It was still mostly him. It was his show. But he would bring me on more and more. So I said one day, kind of as a joke, uh, mostly because of one of the listeners we had. But I wanted, I said... You know what would be funny is if we did this episode where you interviewed Johnny Cadillac, the ring announcer, and uh, and just to see you know if this guy calls in, whatever else. And he goes, I like that. Let's do it Friday. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. So we're doing this. And, uh, and the Johnny Cadillac theme song was pretty new at the time. And so when we came in for our live show that day, I said, oh, by the way, just for fun, you should check this out. And I played the Johnny Cadillac theme for him. He goes, oh, my goodness, I love this. Can we play it on the show before you come on today? I said, absolutely. And so I, I, I don't think I let you know ahead of time because, you know, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. And But then, you know, I was putting the podcast together after, after that show like I did for all those shows all those episodes. And then I said, okay, Brian, you need to hear this. Even if you don't listen to the whole interview, you need to hear the like first couple minutes of the show. And you came to me. Well, I wasn't expecting you. You said, it's always been a dream of mine. It's always been a goal of mine to have one of my own songs play on the radio. And where you normally write songs about Jesus the yeah. first of your music. Yeah, yeah. It It is a real mind trip to go, okay, so I've written like a whole album and put it out there and whatever. 
um, that's all Jesus music, you know? Right. Um, and that's, that's how I refer to my stuff is like, it's Jesus music. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it's funny to go like, yeah, I've, I've made this spiritual music. It's, it really means something to me. It's a real thing. And then to go like, you know, guess who's back? It's Johnny Cadillac. That's the thing that gets on the radio first. And I'm like, that's so beautiful <laughs> in a train wreck nonsensey kind of way that like, I, I adore that that's what happened because it's so funny to me and so kind of perfect. And again, it's, it might legitimately be the best song I've ever written. Um, it's certainly like, it sounds like a lot of people that you meet have heard it and went like, that's a great theme song. Yeah, they, and you're like, I think so, but it's great that you do too. Absolutely. Like, that's fantastic. And it's great that you're basically like my PR guy. You know, you're my hype man out there going like, I mean, you're hyping yourself, obviously, <laughs> but really, you know, little do you know, you're you're hyping this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I try to uh, give you a shout out every time I reference my song on social media and whatever else, because all I, ne all I need was a theme. And I went to you and I give you all the credit. You know, I didn't tell you, hey, I want this kind of lyrics or something in there. That was all you. And that's where I, I gave the uh, titles of your positions that work you did on that song songwriter producer performer editor mixer recording engineer one man band that's right All which the... is different than a three man band uh, absolutely one man <laughs> so maybe yeah one maybe man. follow the the routes of Heath Slater and be the only one keeping your job where the people around you get fired. That's right. Or you could be one of those people who got fired, come back and win a world championship where Heath Slater never did that. I mean, look, man, I've got kids. I need this job. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, and then, yeah, and then to me, it was all the more amusing because the show, uh, even the radio station we played it on, isn't a music station anyway. And so it's like, yeah, my uh, my song just debuted on the radio, and it's uh, on a non-music station, but it went over well. And now, as of, as of this recording, is now played twice on the radio, as it was, KLIN has a morning show called LNK Today with Jack and Friends, and it was Request Line Friday, and they were like, if you had somebody perform your theme song for a big fight... What would the song be? And their idea behind it was that artist comes out like to perform your song. And I was like, well, I have a theme song that has an artist perform it. And I uh, I kind of had to fight with the with the program director and the producer of that show a little bit. But you know, you he, mean a feud, John? You had a feud, kind of. But he was always willing to put it on. But he's like, well, I mean, this is more of uh, raising the artist as opposed to the represent this isn't self-promotion i said i i mean okay but like i i have this song for every entrance i ever do it really is my theme song. i mean you should have put me over as like a lincoln native like hey yeah. this is a, a nebraska person who made this That's like true. you should you should obviously promote them and so they hometown did, hero they did play it on the show and jack the host of it he goes Oh my goodness, how have we never heard this before just now? Like, it went over big time. And so I had to, again, you know, and I was ecstatic that it made it on. So I, I go to social media social media afterwards, and I said, Johnny Cadillac theme, once again played on, on KLIN today, written and performed by Brian Knapp. I needed to make sure you had that, you know, had that shout out and 
you know, you gotta cite your sources anyway, so. Absolutely. I will a thousand percent take credit every time. And then I'm going to start charging people like a nickel every time. Uh -oh. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, if I had a nickel for every time someone listened to this song. I do want to recommend there is another episode of I Was Told I'm Supposed to Have a Podcast that was called I Was Told what was Spotify or the Internet Owes Me Money. Do you remember? The yeah, there's that one. That? There's but, and yeah, but in there you talk about how uh, – they they owed you money for an album you made and it's quite the entertaining listen. It is. I you know that reminds me. I have not put out the Johnny Cadillac theme song on my iTunes and Spotify. I really should. Okay. Um, as like a single. Yeah. Right. Like we can do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, can then do that. all of your listeners can go find it and buy it and listen to it when they're at the gym and they need to get like pumped up because wow, that's man. a real thing people do with like oh, absolutely wrestling theme songs. Um, I have in fact done that myself. Have you done that with the Johnny Cadillac theme song yet, though? Probably while I was making it, yeah. Okay, there you go. Like, there is a thing where when you're creating a song, at least for me, kind of talking about my own process a little bit, where it does get in your head and you hear it a lot. And so there is that, like, hey, I'm going to listen to this a lot or I'm going to uh, put it in my earbuds and play it back a bunch of times while I'm doing chores or working out at the gym or whatever. There you go. Getting jacked and tan. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh we talk at, at nauseum on the Johnny Cadillac theme, but I hope the listeners I, I've had a lot of positive feedback as you said, and let's 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 add to your stock, let's make it go places and anything I can do to help out with that, I'm going to. So. Yeah, obviously listeners, here is your project. We need to get that theme song onto the front page of YouTube trending. There you go. So just go watch it a million times, <laughs> and then Johnny Cadillac will be famous, and then this podcast will be famous, and then you will be famous for helping make the rest of the things famous. And as you said, with the craziest – and that's the thing, too, is like when they play my theme song, it's just a song, and so people don't get to see that awesome that awesome uh, video you made of it, and like – I, I have people who you know, if pop you, if, even more when they actually watch that YouTube version. They're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. I mean, if you guys ever get, like, video Titantron things for MWA, you should totally put it on there for your entrance because that would be amazing. And, and we do now, but I don't think they've made a video for me yet. And I don't know because when I do come out, I just pay attention to the fans booing me. And so I don't even really turn around to see what's going on on the video if there is anything. So I'll have to next time I might have to just kind of do a side eye look and see. You know, but, here's what you do, John. It, it I don't know where the video is located, but consider this. I'm not telling you what to do, but maybe maybe you should do this. <laughs> um, if the video is like behind you or off to the side, and you want to like sneak a peek or whatever, you you start walking out, you turn around, and you do a RVD thumbs to the shoulders thing <laughs> johnny um, cad -alack. yeah that, a lot more than three but <laughs> you know johnny c there you yeah, go something like that but you could just do that once and then that way you can kind of scan the what would normally be behind you right in a legit looking way and the crowd just wouldn't know um so that's one way you could sneak a peek there you go so let's uh let's backtrack a little bit and by a little bit i mean maybe even a lot of it 
So um, you, you've listened to enough episodes of this podcast. There, there's not necessarily a theme a lot of times when I bring people on, especially for the first time, aside from like those crazy virtual booking shows I like to do too. That's right. I'm not just but, a guest. I am a fan. I am a listener of the Caddy Chat podcast. You are. But let's let's talk even more than just Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast. Let's talk wrestling in general. Where Where did your fandom start? Like when did you start wrestling, watching wrestling, like – Let's hear your story a little bit when it comes to Brian Knapp, the wrestling fan. All right. Brian Knapp, the wrestling fan, probably started in the early 90s. I'm guessing somewhere between 92 and 95. Um, at the time, uh, think Hulk Hogan era, Bret Hart, um, Yokozuna, okay. the somewhat cartoonish version of pro wrestling. So very much Saturday morning pro wrestling shows. Um, and then over time, my dad and I would watch the Saturday night TBS WCW show. So there you'd get like Ric Flair, uh, you know, the Four Horsemen, Nasty Boys, um, Dusty Rhodes sometimes, um, that whole kind of thing. So I remember that. I remember in the uh, early to mid-90s, say Super Nintendo era, um, and like arcade, there was that classic WWF arcade game that used to be around that had the very cartoony wrestling characters like Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember playing that at like the bowling alley and stuff while my dad would be bowling. <clears throat> and so I remember it like those kind of things. And then definitely in like 95, 96, 97, when WCW was on the rise up. And also WWF, and I was just a little, uh, it was kind of like at the right age for that sort of thing. I think I would have been probably uh, 10, 11, 12 at the time, something like that. Okay. Um, that, you know, the the WCW thing with like Hulk Hogan starts showing up. He had feuds with like Ric Flair and Roddy Roddy Piper. And then the NWO thing happened. And also I remember Monday Nitro. Like I remember watching the first episode of Monday Nitro live okay. because my dad and I, we were more, we were more WCW watchers right. than we were WWF watchers. We would watch some WWF, but it, I think he maybe had some bowling or something on maybe some Monday night. So I don't know that we watched the Monday night sh stuff on WWF for a while. So we got into the whole like WCW thing and we're super into it through the rise of the NWO and then the Attitude Era and kind of like the golden age of pro wrestling. But then we kind of stopped watching when... So originally I think Nitro was one hour long. Yeah, I think in the early... You know, early the very early. Was, yes. They gave them like an hour, right? And again, my dad and I used to watch the Saturday Night Show, which was very, very different than Nitro. Yeah. You know? Um, so we would watch that a lot and then, and we weren't, we didn't necessarily watch the pay-per-views. Like we didn't necessarily buy them. I think there was for a time that like we had like a cable box that you could kind of get a fuzzy version of the pay-per-views on or something. Sure. If you yeah. could like set it right or something. I don't remember. I was a kid at the time. I didn't know anything. Um, but then like, I think we got when, when Nitro happened, it was like an hour long that was really cool. It was really interesting. I remember the first episode was at Mall of America. Yep. And Mall of America was kind of a meme at the time. 
you know, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the biggest mall in America. It's huge. Right. It was in Minnesota. We're in Nebraska. I've been there once or twice back when malls were a thing. And then um, that kind of morphed into the whole NWO thing. But then once everybody, and it was super cool for a while, but then everybody joined the NWO and then the show got to like two hours long. And there was a brief period where it was great. And like Goldberg happened during that time and Goldberg was fun to watch and the whole streak thing. Yeah. And the NWO was at its peak, but they kept adding people. And then it was like, there was the NWO white and then there was the NWO red. And then there was like the LWO. And what ended up happening is I think, I think around the time that they moved the show to possibly three hours long, it made it where by the time you got to the last hour of the show, what ended up happening is in like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show, they were like, Oh my gosh, something crazy is going to happen. And then at the end of the show, there wasn't a satisfying payoff because you'd have to wait two or three hours to see the crazy thing happen. Sure. And then it would always be like uh, a junky finish, right? Where there was always interference. Like there was never a clean finish. It was always interference. And that drove my dad crazy Okay. just because it was like completely unsatisfying, you know? And I get the whole like tune in next time to see what happens, but you can't have every match ending in interference. Not everybody can be on the bad guy team. Right. You know, at some point there is too much of a good thing. And so we just kind of stopped watching. And at the same time, WWF, which is now WWE, that got really big. You know, Triple H, Austin, The Rock, and that was fun to watch. But then that had kind of a similar thing where they just kept ratcheting up the extremeness. Right. Where they then started having like hardcore matches and they started to have a lot more provocative, sexualized content, that kind of thing. And that wasn't necessarily what we were looking for either necessarily. So that between that, we kind of like fell out of love of wrestling. Like I still kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't the like, I'm going to sit down every Monday night for an hour or two kind of thing. And we obviously weren't the only ones because they kind of did the thing where they got all the ratings and then they just kept getting more ridiculous and piling on. And then people kind of got like, okay, this is getting old. It's too much, you know, whatever. And people stopped watching. And so we were like a lot of people at the time, like we were into it and then kind of less into it. And then it probably wasn't until after college, you know, growing up a bit, um, hanging out, uh, you know, like meeting you at church, that kind of stuff that eventually I kind of like got pulled back into wrestling and the fandom of it. You would invite me over to watch like, uh, some pay-per-views or yep. WrestleMania or yep. whatever. And I still knew all the people, like I still, you know, knew enough of what was going on. Yeah. Not enough, not what maybe what was going on currently, but a lot of who the people were and what it was about. And I still enjoyed it. Um, and so then over time, it's been like, I'll have periods where I'm super into it. And then I'll have periods where I'm kind of super casual about it. And then every once in a while, some, some cool thing will happen that will hook me again. And then I'll be like, oh man, I want to see what happens with that. But it seems like now, or for probably the last 10 years or so, it's a lot less consistent, sure. you know, as far as like having these consistent cool storylines that I really want to watch. Fair enough. No, and I, I gotta, 
I got to give you a little bit more of a shout out too, because I remember, and I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast before growing up, you know, my dad was always a wrestling fan. In fact, like I was, my mom was in labor with me and my dad was in the room watching wrestling. That's how I was introduced to wrestling as I was born. And, uh, I mean, at least you weren't given a pile driver on your way into the world <laughs> that's or something. True. That's true. And so, and you, you know, my brother really well and he, uh, growing up, he, you know, wrestling was always on, but he wasn't into it as much. And then he kind of hit the years where he, he won nothing to do with it. And I knew that of you, you know, again, we've known each other for a long time now. And I knew plenty of times where you're like, I, I don't classify myself as a wrestling fan. And my brother was even more so that times like 10, like he won nothing to be associated with wrestling. And my roommate, especially it was no because you guys would have uh worship practice and that. And my roommate would come home and he's like, your brother and Brian, we spent so much of tonight's practice just listening to the two of them talk about wrestling. So where I might have annoyed my brother with wrestling, you in a lot of ways kind of brought him back into it more than I think AJ would be willing to real uh, admit. But. Yeah. Well, I think what it was, so your brother and I, because of us playing music together at church, because um, there was, I mean, fairly early on when we started playing music at church, he kind of tried to become friends and like... He wanted to learn to play guitar or something. Yeah. So we, I kind of like had him learn enough bass that he could play bass with us. And so then, yeah, he'd come over for practice and so on and so forth. And yeah, I think it was around the CM Punk pipe bomb thing that a little bit of the fandom sort of started to creep in a little bit with him. And then he started talking to me about it. And I think we both kind of started paying a little bit more attention um, about what's going on there a little bit. Yeah. And then I think it was, I think it turned into kind of a full blown thing when the Daniel Bryan yes movement happened. Yeah. That, I think that's fair. That captured a lot of like, that was such a good story. And it was that like that, that blurring the lines of what is real and what isn't real. Like as far as like, the real version of like, they really didn't want him to be champion. But then the storyline of like, we're the bad guys and we won't let you be champion. Right. And then the fans were like, we like doing the yes chant. He's the <laughs> underdog. Absolutely. He should be champion. And I think that's when your brother and I, AJ uh, got like into it a lot. The other thing that he and I had in common is our shared love of the wrestling video games, specifically the N64 video games. Yeah. Those are, in my opinion, um, and I haven't played like the newest AEW one, but in my opinion, the N64 wrestling games, specifically WCW versus NWO World Tour, um, I think it was Revenge. Revenge came next, yeah. And then it was WrestleMania 2000. And then I think they did No, no Mercy. Mercy. And I'm not sure if there were any others on there, that engine. There were not from the same makers. There were other games. There was like W. They did WCW Nitro, and then they because WCW was in its heyday of video games with with WCW versus NWO, 
and then WCW NWO Revenge. Then they made WCW Mayhem, which in a lot of ways was kind of garbage in comparison. And then they made WCW Backstage Assault, which was even worse, because like the one place you couldn't ever wrestle in was the wrestling ring. Imagine that. Oh, my. They made a and, wrestling game where you can't... See, again, yeah. at the time, for you lovely listeners, um, again, I was a huge video game nerd at the time. Um, there were... There was the games based on that engine. I think they call it like the Aki engine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's where uh, World Tour and Revenge were both off of. Yeah, but at the time they would also make, because of I think licensing issues, these various video game companies are like, hey, can we make a video game based off of wrestling? And they're like, sure, that'll make us money. And so they would, um, you know, there was at the time, I think there was a game called like WWF Raw, that yeah. was not nearly as good. They had Warzone and then or they Warzone, had WWF yeah. Attitude. Yeah. And so there were there were some other games, you know, and both companies had like at one time the good engine that yep. was fun. And then they would have the like bad engine that was not as fun. Or someone else some other company, you know, made their best effort at it. And so yeah, um all of you know, so your brother and I would play or would be interested because we both had this shared love of those classic N64 wrestling games. So I think yeah. that kind of brought us together too. Um, and a couple times we've actually got together. Um, I think one time you were around for that too, where we ended up playing, like bringing back the oh, N64 yeah. wrestling games. And I remember that specifically because WWE was doing that. It was it wasn't a pay per view. It was kind of a glorified house show in Japan. Oh, and gosh, we had this crazy best. idea that we wanted to watch it live. But we wanted to stay up all night ahead of time to get to that point. And, because they were broadcasting it live. Yeah, and so we wanted to watch it live at like 3 or 4 in the morning. So what better way to stay up all night than to play some of those classic Nintendo 64 video games. And then I think we randomly watched like a World War III 60-man battle royal. Yes. And, uh, and by the time that pay-per-view aired, we were so stinking tired. But we, we, we pushed through. We made it. Um, well, and I think we wanted to watch that because they advertised it as this very special Japanese event that right. they were doing live on the network. And yep. the network was new at the time. Yep. And and this sounded like it must be something cool because it was like, and they were like, Brock Lesnar's going to defend his title at this special event that we're broadcasting live at four in the morning. Uh, <laughs> And you go, why would they promote that unless something really cool was going to happen? And Brock Lesnar just squashed, was it Biggie or Kofi? It was Kofi. Kofi. Okay. And then, because then, then later on, of course, Kofi Kingston becomes WWE champion and then loses his title to Brock Lesnar in like six seconds. And that was, ugh. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that booking, but it did kind of fit. But yeah, I, I do remember we had that amazing, nonsensical. Yep. You know, uh, night of I, just waiting for that event. To I'd happen. be amiss if I didn't mention the other uh, WCW. I think it came out before WCW Mayhem. They did come out with WCW Nitro uh, around the time of of Revenge, maybe a little after, and that's when they started using the other engine where the games just weren't as good on an N sixty four. But what was WCW's loss was WWF's gain. And they had two great games with uh, WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, and those were great. I mean, they're so great that, again, I believe the current AEW game 
um, the entire purpose of it, according to Kenny Omega, who like headed up the project from the AEW side, was I want the spiritual successor to no mercy to yep. be built. Absolutely. And I want to get the guy that was the original game designer for it involved because the, the current wrestling games, which we'll be getting to, do not have that same feel. They don't feel quite as arcadey and fun. I mean, like not like they're not fun, but they don't have that same, you know, a little bit bad, but a little bit amazing and just like pick up and play kind of quality to them. Absolutely. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So there's two two other things I, I want to talk about here. Um, one a little more than the other. Let's and do it. Where there's uh, previous conversations, even in this episode today have kind of brought us to this point, but um, you and I, we, we are friends. We always have been friends, but we've kind of had a joke over the years where we were only friends. If my brother wasn't in the country, that's right. Cause your brother very often and, isn't in the country. Cause I mean, as we've heard enough from this episode, you and my brother have always been pretty close friends while, at least while he was in the U S and so we've still been friends but the the running joke is uh, we we're not friends when he's around, and uh, and you know and it just so happens that my brother moved, so he doesn't live in the United States anymore. Yeah, my joke was that he lost the loser leaves town match, and hasn't come back. <laughs> and so thankfully, the couple times he's visited, somehow we've stayed friends. But but it reminds until me. now until now. Oh, I'm man. Ki- I'm kidding. But, Plot twist. You know, so there's another uh, guy I met uh, a few weeks ago who I, I met him through his fiance, who I went to high school with and college with. Her and I are pretty close and uh, finally met her fiance just a number of weeks ago. And we got along really well. But then when she wasn't around, I was like, all right, when she comes back, this is what we're going to say. Hey, so we finally met each other. And it's natural to say that we hate each other this guy and I, and he was all for the joke and she came back to us. She was all excited that we were getting along. And I'm like, well, uh, we actually hate each other. And then I, I pulled her aside later. I'm like, okay, no, he and I have been getting along great. It's just been a joke. And she's like, oh, good. But then we still kept the joke going even after we both knew that she knew the truth. As one should. And so when we were leaving that night, you know, I went and said bye to her and gave her a hug. And then I was like, and to you, I don't know what. And at the same time, we we're like, we're frenemies. And then it made me think I knew of one other frenemieship 
in my recent memory. And uh, do you want to share any words in case one Mike Campbell might be listening to this episode? Yes, Mike Campbell, my official frenemy. I hate your face. Your stupid, stupid face. <laughs> oh, man. Also, have you watched VCR yet? He has not confirmed. Oh, so we need to yeah. hear from him. Um, yeah, and so Mike Campbell, very, very, very good friend of mine. Some would say best friends, and I know... I actually think that you two lost your best friendship at a certain MWA show. When, when I introduced the Sieve. And yeah. I've introduced the Sieve on this podcast as my best friend, too. Yeah, but, and he and I were denied our opportunity into the MWA Rumble, which we are both salty about. Salty. I do hear that from you a lot more than I hear that from him, but... That's because he forgets. He might oh. have Alzheimer's. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Strong words. But, so yeah, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to your friend of me, who's my best friend, whether people believe me or not. And uh, I mean, I believe you. I don't believe that the sieve is your best friend. I think you've been deceived. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My mind's blown. But you did say one thing, even when talking about your friend of me, that I, we knew this whole time we were going to talk about. We had to get here eventually. He needs to watch VCR. That's right. Virtual Championship Wrestling. Brian, I've known you to have some crazy ideas over the years, and the amount of work you, you mean put... like the Bad Idea Show? <laughs> Shout out to our old podcast. Our old podcast. That we were co-hosts on. OG. Like four <laughs> you episodes. had a bad idea again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a... Yep. Yeah, that was yeah. a theme song that you busted out just randomly once, and... uh Oh my goodness, those were the days. I need to find that someday. But oh my gosh. And you've had you've had some good ideas, you've had some bad ideas, and you've had a lot of crazy ideas, and I think VCR is a combination of all three, but the amount of ridiculous work and hours you put into this, like and that who can attest better than anyone is your wife, is uh and where you had to give her a shout out when you kind of started sharing things on social media on it. Yes. But um, Shall we explain to the good folks yes, at home want, okay. what virtual championship it, wrestling is? In, in a lot of ways, my brother actually has something to do with this, too. Yes. Yes, he does. So, floor is yours. Let's let's hear all about VCR, Brian Knapp. Okay, so I'll explain what VCR is first, and then I'll kind of explain how we got there a little bit. So, VCR, virtual championship wrestling, that's wrestling with an R, um, is a combination of basically taking a WWE video game and then kind of the like, what if we took it and did our own WWE show off of it? So basically we sat down and I kind of had this crazy idea of like, what if we played through a show and then we did the announcing for the show on top of the playthrough of the show and kind of that thing, um, because again, you're a wrestling announcer. Yeah, um, I'm a pretend podcaster sometimes and <laughs> a songwriter, I guess. And so, I had this crazy idea of like, you know what we could do? We could make this tournament, and then we uh, and I think I came to you. This was probably back in January, you know, so like nine months ago, almost ten months ago, right? Uh, with like, hey, John, here's what we need to do. Uh, would you be interested in playing through a gold rush tournament? And then we would uh, go back 
and do voiceover, like play-by-play, on top of it, you know, as if it were a real announcer. So as if you were watching, like, a real pay-per-view kind of thing. that was... Not to stop you there, but like that's where I said my brother kind of had something to do with this origin story because you and him, that's what you, if you weren't playing music together, that's what you'd do to hang out is you would play all these gold rush tournaments. And it was really important to you that damage retention had to be on yeah. random match type so you never knew what to expect. Yeah, so this was a thing that AJ and I discovered many years ago, probably 10 years ago or more. Um, and it was this very specific thing where in the WWE 2K games, um, and I think probably back to like 2K 16 or 15, something like that, um, you could play what they call a gold rush tournament. So the games have the ability to have like an eight-man tournament, um, but if you're doing it for a title, it's called a gold rush. Yep. Now that's not terribly controversial or anything. However, we then said, wait a second. There's this, I think one time we were playing and, like, oh, we'll do damage retention on. We didn't even know what that meant. And what damage retention on does is that as you're playing the tournament, it's like each round the damage, like, stays. So yeah. between rounds, like, if you get beat up really bad in the first round, the second round you stay beat up really bad. And the way that the games normally work is that the wrestlers, you know, your life refills in between matches or whatever, so you have, like, a, quote, you know, normal match so that adds some complexity and some interest some intrigue mm -hmm. to these tournaments because again normally on a lot of these wrestling games the wrestler with the better stats tends to win you know especially if they're very lopsided so we 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 tried that and then at some point we said random match type and i think way back in the day uh your brother and i would do random match type random arena etc um, and so, and we might've even done tournaments where we would have random wrestlers when we're picking them. Okay. So it was very much like you didn't know who was going to be there. You didn't know what type of match it was going to be. And you didn't know how it was going to go because again, you could end up with like a TLC tables, ladders and chairs kind of match where the guys are going to get beat to it within an inch of their life. And then another person could have like. Uh, a match where they hardly get injured at all, just maybe a standard match or whatever. And so then in the second round, the person who's fresher has this unbelievable advantage and it completely changes the dynamic for the matches. So your brother and I would play those a lot. I mean, we would just play tons of them. And that's where I kind of got the idea for this thing, this gold rush tournament needed to be like that and again it also harkens back to the ufc like ufc one now it's funny that now ufc and wwe are the same company and tko <laughs> yeah circle of life <laughs> um but with the uf so the original ufc i remember watching this a million years ago on vhs from like blockbuster video shout out to blockbuster oh, video the 90s right but I remember as a teenager at some point renting UFC one because, um, again, you they had them on the pay-per-views, but my parents weren't going to buy them. And so I could rent them. Sure. And the original UFC one. You can still go back and watch this. I think you can stream it on the Internet somewhere. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen because so like the current UFC, the guys, you know, one, they have weight classes. Yeah. Right. So you're fighting someone. Roughly your same weight. 
Um, they have gloves. Yep. So you're not going to break your hands, at least not very often. <laughs> um, they have referees. They have rules. They have you know moves that they won't allow, that kind of thing. The original UFC was basically, <gasps> I think it was an eight-man tournament. Um, I don't think it was 16. I think it was eight. Okay. And each guy, there were no weight classes, and you all the fights happened on the same night. And so yeah. for someone to win, um, they had to win like three legitimate fights. And I think at the in the early days, I don't think they had rounds. I think you just fought until like it stopped or maybe someone died. I don't know. Oh, man. Um, and so it was really like blood sport, kumite kind of thing. Right. And so I wanted to catch that vibe because, again, in the original UFC, I, not UFC 1, the original event, I remember distinctly there was a guy, I think in the first round, where he was fighting like maybe a sumo wrestler or someone who was way bigger than him. And the guy comes at him, and as I recall, he like punches him in the face. But again, his hands were maybe taped up a little bit, but they didn't have gloves. So I think he knocked the guy out, but he broke his hand. Okay. So then in the second round, he's fighting with sausage fingers. Oh, and it's kind of grotesque. Right. But um, not as grotesque as uh, some of the MMA fights I've seen. But, like, you know, it was this crazy thing. You know, and yeah. because of that, he did not do well in the second round, but he did still fight. And I think he lost maybe to, like, Ken Shamrock or something. So, who eventually did WWE. Uh, so, I wanted to have that vibe with this virtual championship wrestling thing where you go, like, it'll feel a little bit more like a throwback to old school UFC um, to have it a little bit more of this kind of like alternate reality pro wrestling thing, you know? Um, And so, uh, you know, playing with AJ all those years ago kind of gave some inspiration to that. And then some other ideas kind of percolated along the way where, I was like, oh, what could we call it? I was like, oh, we could call it Virtual Championship Wrestling, and then Wrestling with an R instead of a W. So then it's VCR for like, short. Who wants, who wants to watch something called VCW? It just doesn't yeah. have as much of a So rank. then like VCR, I'm like, VCR, old. Oh, my gosh. It could be like retro throwback because that's fun. Right. And then the WWE 2K, I think 22, I think that's the version I have, Yep. has like a VHS filter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Absolutely. So then I created like a custom belt, kind of modeled off the Intercontinental Championship belt yeah. in style, not in actual, not in actuality, but a bit of that vibe. Um, but you know, it says like VCR World Championship or something. And again, it's kind of funny, um, just right. as a sort of play on words. And then let's see what else. Oh, I created the arena to be. Um, again, during like the pandemic, there was the thing where they did the, like, uh, the Thunderdome, the Thunderdome. Yep. Yeah. Where they had all the screens for the yep. people and stuff. And that was in the game. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. Cause it's virtual championship wrestling. It's virtual. Yep. And that was kind of virtual. So I was like, that's sort of weirdly perfect, like thematically. So you know, I like all of those ideas started happening. And then one day I'm like, all right, John, I had enough of it sort of put together in the game where I'm like, okay, 
we need to get together. And I think it was a Sunday afternoon and play through the tournament. Yep. And so, and it's funny cause I've not played the game. So like I played it enough to know how to play it and I'd played previous versions, but there were parts where like I hadn't even done certain match types. Right. So the game actually paused and froze and I had to kind of edit some of that yeah. out or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, so it, we played through the whole thing, and you had never done a gold rush, uh, random match type damage retention on before. I don't think. Not, what what, not what that was point, that experience I like? I mean, it's kind of I I knew what to expect as far as you know, and they've done even then, like King of the Ring, they've done in uh, single nights here and there, and uh, but yeah, not. It was strange for me. Because I'm still used to, with the video games, going into a new match with back to full health. And so to have like my entire body red going into a match, there there's one match we, we hadn't, and I'm not going to say the match type or who was involved or anything, but it was a very, very short match. Um, one of the shortest matches ever. Yeah, based on the circumstances and where one guy didn't have as much damage done in his round one match and the other one did and made for an interesting uh, moment on the game for sure. But yeah, it was, and it's still, I remember the biggest, I, I didn't, I remember playing the tournament with you and what was crazy, the most crazy to me actually was the fact that we never knew what kind of match it was. So obviously if there's a red hell in a cell or structure around us, it's easy to know what kind of match we're in. But if we start off in the ring, I didn't really think while we were actually playing this tournament to think if the referee was going to start counting. And I'd get curious because I'm like, well, I kind of want to use a weapon, but I don't want to get disqualified for this. Yeah, and that actually created a lot of really interesting tension as we're playing it because we're like, I don't know what this is. And I think in previous versions of the game, it would kind of tell you before the match. Yeah. But for some reason, it didn't. Nope. So we were going into these matches kind of blind, like, I don't know what's, I don't even know what kind of match we're having. We knew who we had picked. Right. But yeah, beyond that, it was very like, well, I guess anything could happen. Let's see what does happen. So to kind of bring people to both your YouTube channel and your podcast, because you do have a podcast version of this very tournament too, and then we'll go into more specifics of kind of things we did. But if you want to see an epic tournament between... It's basically a virtual pay-per-view. Absolutely. But I'm not going to even mention any of the matches. But I will... Can I go ahead and name the names of Absolutely the wrestlers? Absolutely name the wrestlers. All right. We had the Big Boss Man. We had Drew McIntyre. John Cena. Johnny Gargano. Randy Orton. Ric Flair. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And The Undertaker. The Undertaker. And so, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, that... I think, as a fan, I'd like to see those eight in a tournament. Absolutely, absolutely, count me in. Especially again on the video game aspect, where Ric Flair, who's in the seventies now, in his prime on the video game. So yeah, absolutely. classic Ric Flair, classic Ric Flair. Um, and again, that was the. I mean, that's a lot of the fun of it too, because it it feels like an alternate reality WWE. You know, because. Yeah. One of the things that ended up happening, um, and again, shout out to the 2K22 game. It has a feature in there that allowed this to happen because I wasn't sure how we were going to do certain parts of this. But it actually has like a streamer's mode. 
And again, a little bit of a inside baseball, so to speak, for like streaming and that kind of thing that if you put content online and you have copyrighted music, copyrighted video, that kind of thing, you can get that stuff taken down. Mm-hmm. The copyright holders can take your advertising revenue if you have any. I don't. Um, and they can, you know, sometimes block a video from being out there, different things like that. So, um, the 2K people, you know, cause again, all these wrestlers have music, but it's copyrighted music. You yeah. know, they sell it on iTunes and Spotify and stuff. Yep. So basically there's a mode to turn all that off. And so we did, but then that led to. You know, when I went back and played through it and like got the first edit before we added our voices to it, the parts in between the matches or the parts during the intros, you know, because again, we played their full intros mm-hmm. uh, to, to give it that like real feel. You go, wrestling intros without theme songs are weird. It was really weird watching those. Yeah. And so we were watching them. And just looking at it like, I think actually what happened is we were playing, we were watching them, and by some of these, it was like, oh my gosh, Brian, you, you gotta, like, what music are we going to use for this or something like that? And it and, seemed like for you, not, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. But right away, the one song you seemed to know from the get-go was The Undertaker's. You That's have, right. We have Biker Undertaker in this, and the theme song... <laughs> That you came up with with The Undertaker is something you would never expect to hear The Undertaker come out to. Yeah, and we actually, as we're playing this, or actually as he's coming out, and this was like a joke, just, again, two guys playing a video game. Um, and I was like, do 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 here comes The Undertaker, do 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 And literally it was that. Yeah. And you just start falling over laughing. It was hilarious. I wasn't expecting something like that. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that that little like two seconds of thing that becomes the foundation for that song. And so now, the Undertaker comes out on his motorcycle, tatted up and everything, and you're like, oh my god, it's the Undertaker. But instead of his ominous, you know, druid, you know, monk, you know, music, it's like oh, yeah. you know, thing or Kid or, Rock or Kid Rock. Um, the American, you know, thing. Um, you have do 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 do. Here comes the Undertaker. Do 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 do. And so you, it, like you said, it's like a, it's like a I know, ice, cream ice cream truck. truck. You have him coming out in a motorcycle, but he's coming out as if you see him driving an ice cream truck instead of his motorcycle. Like it's, yeah, it's a bizarre combination. It, for it's sure. really fun. And, and it like to, to us as wrestling fans, it's so funny and so bizarre that, uh, you go like, well, we have to do that now. And again, it's not making fun of the undertaker. It's not me going like, you know, I think that what you did as the undertaker was stupid. I love the undertaker. Yeah. I love all of this. It's so cool. Um, but instead it's kind of this like funny, what if, or like, what if that was his theme song? Isn't that weird and, you know, different and stuff. And uh, with him, I took some inspiration from mankind also Yeah. because mankind fun wrestling trivia for you all folks had two theme songs. He had an entrance theme song. And then I think he's the only wrestler, because he talked about this once, who had an exit theme song. Yep. 
So Undertaker now has an entrance theme song and an exit theme song. Now, I will say this, though. If you are curious on what the Undertaker's exit theme song might be, you have you have to watch the tournament yeah. or listen to the tournament to see if he if he even made it on to round two. I'm not giving any spoilers here. Yeah, um, but it you know so we started you know like crazy ideas like that started to bubble up to basically make it feel real, but also to create new theme songs and new like a a feel of this is a, a vaguely crazy. WWE thing kind of like I don't know if you remember what was it called uh there was like a Southpaw oh yeah like, Southpaw regional wrestling yeah yeah and that WWE has done something kind of like this that was like this weird throwback slash homage that to- was a WWE project yeah yeah and it had their actual stars but they all had like old school names and gimmicks and yeah and so like WWE has a certain appreciation for the absurdity Especially of like old school wrestling, yeah. you know, feuding and all the crazy like southern stuff and everything. And so this kind of again is my take a little bit on a lot of that, um, with love and care and then pulling you in as someone who can actually do announcing and actually has some sensible like reason to be there, whereas I don't really. Right. Um, beyond just being a fan. Um, and so that turned into, you know, us after months of me figuring out the music. And a lot of times it was like, I would figure out the, I'd figure out the kind of core of a song, Yeah, you know? Um, but then, you know, like say the John Cena theme, like I pretty much figured out what that was going to be this sort of like up tempo, uh, sports cheer kind of thing right um that's related to him wearing the world's most bright green outfit ever (laughs) just everything is green so the the song sort of revolves around him being green but also a little bit of like what if john cena's gimmick is he's so interested in going green that he's kind of almost like captain planet right you know um and so that was kind of like oh that could be kind of a funny different take on john cena and so then that turned into that song where it was like go and I should do the clap. Go. Green. Machine. Yeah. And it just like it repeats like that. Um, so these kind of, and again, like if you've ever heard John Cena's real theme song, you go like, oh, that is super bizarre. Right. Um, but it weirdly fits, right? Like, you know, and so it was months of sort of on and off production of these different songs and then lots of editing you know, a very somewhat grueling process, probably the most, definitely the most involved video production thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I've done some YouTube videos and stuff, but like doing an hour and a half long thing, editing it, doing, you know, a full album's worth of music that's, you know, all original. The only part that I didn't sort of come up with myself was Randy Orton's theme song. Yeah. The lyrics are original. The background is very not original. It's like a classic, like, um, dun, 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 that song. So took that and came up with completely insane lyrics um, for Randy Orton that fit him perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Perfectly. It, it fits his persona. 
perfectly. Um, but doing all that took a hilarious amount of time. Um, and then we finally recently got that done. So then you and I got together and recorded the voiceover for it. And that was a lot of fun. And again, we did it all in one literal sitting. Yep. So we're sitting there for, you know, like we did the original uh, gameplay recording like back in January. Yeah. Fast forward to like late August, I think it was. And, you know, we sit down for, you know, an hour and a half just beginning to end and just react to this thing as if we're seeing it for the first time because we kind of were. Like, yeah. it had been so long. Like, I had had to see a lot of what happened more than once, but you hadn't. And I just so, remembered one spot from one match that kind of took on repeat. So I, I knew what I was going to say there. But, yeah, and I, I had a feeling of some of the – I didn't fully remember all the results. Most of them I did. But how we got to those results, I d- definitely did not remember. And yeah. so it was it was nice being able to watch it back but having so much time lapse between where, and I never, the only time I'd watched it when we, when, uh, before then was actually playing the matches. So I didn't watch it back at all. I was caught in the moment, uh, you know, recording one of the, or controlling one of the wrestlers of those matches. And, um, yeah. And again, like there's been plenty of people who, you know, like up, up, down, down and others who will play, um, and stream their playing of a game while being reacting to it as a player playing the game and with their friends and giving each other a hard time and like, Oh, I just took you down. Right. It's very different to then take on the persona of the play by play announcers and try and go, Oh, I need to describe what's happening. You know, describe and react and help tell the story of what's happening in the match and the event and that whole thing, you know, distinct from actually being the person who was, you know, controlling the wrestler, wrestlers virtually. I do want to give a shout out to your oldest son who, so when we were recording initially, when we were playing the matches themselves, we were kind of doing some mock commentary, trying to get a feel of it because we knew what was to come. And he was so invested in it. He wanted to join us. We kind of had a three-man commentary team just with the actual live playing of the matches and his one line of sheboygan that was the best in the that middle the of best. one of the matches we did not reciprocate it in our actual uh audio it did not make it into the final but, voiceover but that is that was one of the best parts of actually making it is him just yelling like sheboygan like where did that come from <laughs> you know it kind of reminded me of i think it was an anchor man where the one guy's like i've got a catchphrase whammy yeah you know and it's like sheboygan like that is perfect um but it's and it it, it really turned out it's crazy it's insane but it's an art and i'm really impressed with the final product and i'm sure you were able to you know get some more sleep at night knowing it was done oh yeah it's been it's been a, a surprisingly huge weight off my shoulders to have it out there and again, um, for you podcast listeners out there, there's a second part to this whole thing because and the, it's important that you bring this up. And it is important because again, part of the idea was to create this as this video production and to create a sort of like 
fake pay-per-view experience that's all virtual and based off this video game and stuff, but for it to feel real and legitimate and stuff. So we did that. And then the second kind of weird follow-on creative idea was to then say, you know, they have wrestling or they have football on the radio. Yep. They have baseball on the radio. They have basketball on the radio. Why don't they have pro wrestling on the radio, John? We're here in a radio station, and I still don't have a good answer for like why there isn't pro wrestling right. on the radio. And WWE is in like every form of media and podcasting, wrestling podcasting. One could argue what we're doing right now is huge, but somehow, near as I can tell, there is not like live or classic radio broadcast pro wrestling in like audio form. The closest thing I can think of is there are podcasts out there who do a watch along, but they again they expect that you're watching it while they're there and while they're watching it and it it's similar a but A watch along to me is more like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay. You know, and like you know what that is, right? Yeah. Where you they were basically I mean, at the time, they're basically watching along and cracking jokes about bad movies. Yeah. That's different than making bad movies, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, maybe not the most uh, flattering analogy, but we were making bad movies, John. Um, Sounds and like so, a bad idea. It does sound like a bad idea. Um, challenge accepted. <laughs> but we were, you know, so making VCR, making Virtual Championship Wrestling, Gold Rush, 2023, we then I then on I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast, my nonsense show. Um, we I then said, OK, well, I'm going to take the audio of this, you know, fake pro wrestling event and put that out on the podcast so that my listeners, all 10 of them probably uh, had the ability to experience. What would it be like if they broadcast a wrestling show on the radio? Like, what would it be like? If WrestleMania was happening on the radio, I think that would be cool. Again, yeah. not like the only way you would want to experience it, but potentially a very cool way to I experience it. I mean, you definitely it. would rather watch it, but at the same time, um, I mean, you'd rather probably watch football than listen to football, but there's still options for both. What I liked, the only time I've ever seen this was the very first time I went to WrestleMania when I went to WrestleMania 28 down in Miami, and I did not partake well partake's not the right word i didn't buy this and part of me kind of regret it because i thought it would have been kind of cool other than you know i still like to talk to the people sitting around me but you can buy like these headsets where while you're watching the live pay-per-view you can hear what the the announcers are saying on commentary so that's still like watching it on tv but you're watching it in person so it's almost like a live uh radio broadcast yeah, except you're, but like you know, but like a super local. Yeah, live but, radio yeah, broadcast. the wrestling's still right in front of your eyes yeah. in person. So it's it's, it's kind of like similar. people at like uh, Husker football games. Uh, one of the first times I went to a Husker football game, and this just like exploded my brain, is there would be people, usually old guys in their like sixties or seventies, that would have these like radio headsets and yep. they'd be listening to the radio broadcast while being at the game, so yeah. that they could hear the play-by-play -play and the announcers talk about what's going on while watching it in oh, person, which is funny. But that also brings up another thing of like one of the weird things about being 
like one of the first times I went to a WWE show here in Lincoln, I remember how strange it was to be in the crowd and not hear the commentary. And not hear the commentary. I felt the same way. Because I, I, I grew up my whole life, my entire experience of pro wrestling was pro wrestling on TV. Yep. And once you take away the commentary, you go, that's a completely different thing. And then you go like, oh, that's how pro wrestling is for the entire art form experience of it. Except if you're watching on TV. And then if you're watching on TV, if you didn't have play-by-play... <laughs> It would feel like bonkers. You'd be like, there's something missing here, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, and then even then, what would really strike me as odd at those shows, because I, 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 again, I felt the same way, was, you know, especially either going into a lot of commercial breaks or coming out of commercial breaks where they're focusing on, like, that upcoming pay-per-view or whatever else, and the cameras go right in front of the announcers, and you see the announcers talking but you still don't hear them. Like I was like, oh man, this is it's weird. Yeah, but, it makes for a less good show in person. But then the in person matches themselves are maybe better. Oh, absolutely. And so then it's a trade off, basically. Yeah. So yeah, Brian, we're uh, running low on time here. Is there any anything else that you want to share? Pugs to the virtual championship wrestling tournament or your podcast? Anything else you want to share as we're coming to a close here? Yeah. So. First of all, thank you, John, for letting me come on your show. Um, second, everyone should go find on YouTube Virtual Championship Wrestling. You could probably just search Gold Rush 2023 or Virtual Championship Wrestling with an R. Um, you could go check out my podcast. I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast. Also, the music at some point in the near future will be released on like iTunes and Spotify. Oh, you know I'm buying that album. Oh, yeah, as you should. Um, uh, so you can check that out when that drops. Um, you should all listen to the Johnny Cadillac theme song on repeat. That's also on <laughs> YouTube. It's also on this podcast. Yep. Um, uh, and I would say that as a listener of the show... All you other listeners of the show should keep listening to the Caddy Chat podcast because it is fantastic. I enjoy it a lot. Um, I look forward to all upcoming episodes, including this one, which I will be listening back to. I appreciate that. No, and yeah, it was. I, I appreciate your friendship uh, coming up with the Johnny Cadillac theme, taking that project on, and uh, what you've done with that, including me on now three episodes of your podcast. We did a whole hour and a half conversation about CM Punk firing. Oh, that was um, a good one, too. Yeah, it's, so the fact that you haven't really had any other guests on, so bringing me on, I appreciate that, and our friendship. And uh, I will say, Brian Knapp, this might have been your official debut for a full-blown episode for you on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, but let's not make this your final Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast show. Indeed. I will be happy to be back whenever you want me to. And then, hey, all you listeners, if you end up liking Virtual Championship Wrestling, you could tell two friends and maybe they could tell two friends and so on and so forth. And if enough people like it, we'll we'll probably do more. I could yeah. be talked into doing more of it. I mean, probably going to do more at some point anyway. But given the hilarious amount of work that I slipped and fell into, John slipped and fell into, um... They do take a while. They're not going to, it's not like, oh, we're going to do a weekly show. That would yeah, be no, impossible. No. But I definitely am willing to 
continue to explore the virtual championship wrestling art form, as it were, and see where it could go. Because I do think with all the creative everything modes that they keep adding to those games, like we could go way deeper, yeah. way deeper. Now we'll just have to pick up a WWE 2K23 as well and do this there too. So. Yeah, absolutely. As long as it's an option and, oh man, it'd be a crime if it wasn't. It would. So... Well, this was another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. Today with special guest, the songwriter, producer, performer, editor, mixer, recording engineer, and one-man band of the Johnny Cadillac theme, Brian Knapp. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.